You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to Why I'll Never Make It, a lighthearted podcast that takes a revealing look at a career in the entertainment industry, featuring stories and interviews with those on stage and backstage, on screen and behind the scenes. I'm Patrick Oliver-Jones, and this is Why I'll Never Make It. Welcome back to another episode of Why I'll Never Make It. Thank you so much for joining me. As I've been saying, this is heavy audition season right now, and it's very interesting. I don't get political on this show, never will, but three auditions that I had this past week all dealt with new works about Russia. It's very interesting that this is starting to come out. Writers are starting to write about it. Two of them were on the comedic spectrum. One was dramatic. But it's just very interesting that works are starting to now come out featuring Russian characters. Now, when it comes to doing shows that require accents, I actually love that. I've done Hungarian. I've done French. Of course, I've done British. That's probably the one I've done the most. And I've never done a Russian accent. So hopefully, fingers crossed, one of these three auditions that I had this past week will actually result in a booking. But another accent that I have done is Italian. And that brings me to today's guest. Heather Botts is someone that I met doing Light in the Piazza a few years back, and this was in upstate New York, and she played the part of Clara, which if you don't know the show, it's the, there's a mother and a daughter who go to Italy and meet this family, and the daughter falls in love with, uh, with one of the boys in that family. And I played the father of the Italian family, and Heather Botts, she played the daughter, Sally Wilford was the mother, both of them, absolutely outstanding. I'll have to have uh, Sally on the show at some point. But for today, Heather is joining me and she's going to be talking about the current show that she's in, which is My Fair Lady. And she's been in the show about a year now. Before that, she was on Broadway doing Dr. Zhivago. She's done the Sound of Music national tour. So this is one woman who does the classics and does the classics very well. That legit Broadway, beautiful, crystal clear voice. And she was always a joy to listen to every night. Well, she joins me at the Lincoln Center Theater to talk about not only her experience in the show and what it's like to swing 13 different tracks, that's right, 13, but also just auditioning and the process of being an artist and making it in this business. Heather, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This has actually been uh, a work in progress for both of us trying to figure out a time because I think I first approached you last April or May. Good, so a year. We're yeah. doing well. <laughs> Fantastic. But, but I'm so glad that, that you're finally here. And we're here in the theater, which we is are. great. This, and you were telling me we're kind of down in the, the bowels right under <laughs> where the audience sits. I mean, it's where the magic happens, Patrick. Of course, because you said that you were down here a lot learning the show. Yeah, it's itself. actually it's an area... Um, under the audience, um, alongside the orchestra, um, it's, we call it the VOM, 
It's where sound is. It's where a lot of quick changes happen, and it's where I learned 13 tracks. Wow. 13. Mm-hmm. 13. Yeah, th- yeah, th- yeah, because you are understudy swing extraordinaire yep. for, the, for the show. I cover everyone. Yes. yes. Everyone. <laughs> so now that you are on Broadway covering 13 tracks. Broadway. Broadway. Uh, what does it mean to make it to you? I mean, have, have you made it now? Do you feel like that? Oh, gosh. You know, I used to think that, I think when I first started this career, making it meant Broadway. Right. Getting, actually, it was like doing an original project on Broadway. Well, that was my Broadway debut, which I was so lucky and fortunate to, to do that. But and that was Zhivago, right? That was Zhivago. But yeah. it happened like right out of the gate. Um, so, of course, I didn't feel like I'd made it because I just started. Um, and here we are, what, four years later? Yeah. Um, and you'd think working at Lincoln Center, being in the original revival of My Fair Lady, Vivian Beaumont, under direction of Bartlett Share, Bartlett Share that I think I would made it. And I, I still don't feel like I've made it. And Isn't that why, crazy? Uh, d- no, d- don't believe me. I get it because, like, for me, making it is is the Broadway. Like, for I me, know. I look at you, I'm like, you've made you've it. You've made it. You've, you're on the Broadway. <laughs> Everyone at home says, you've made it. Right. So, so, so what feels like it's not quite there yet for you? I think it's a spectrum um, or, like, a certain degree of, of, of I've made it. Um, I don't think as artists we're ever going to feel like we've made it. I think there's always going to be the next threshold, the next marker. Yeah. And so now, of course, my I've made it is a principle on Broadway, right? Right, but now right. That's the next step. Hopefully, yes, that's definitely the next step. Hopefully I get that, and then I'll get there, and I'll be like, well, but I haven't made it, because then there'll be another marker. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. As artists, we always just, I don't think, it's not that we're not satisfied, but I think we just always feel like we can do more and be better, which is definitely how I feel. Because you are on stage most every night, even though you're you're a swing understudy, you, yeah. you've have you gone on to all thirteen of those on stage at this point? Almost, um, I've been on over a hundred and fifty times. Wow! Um, in eleven, no, excuse me, no, eleven female tracks. And then, like, four male tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, have you ever had to, because this happens sometimes, have you ever had to do, like, two roles at once? Like, oh, like no. you, you go on oh, for two, please. Well, try seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait. So, not that seven people were out, I'm assuming, but you just had to fill into, like, now I'm on this track, now I'm on this yeah. person's track, now yeah. I'm in the- We've had some crazy shows because flu, flu season, oh, um, right, yeah. injuries. Um, we have an amazing swing team, but yeah, there have been shows where I've played, I think, five people in one show, maybe more. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, wild. So what exactly has been your process for keeping all 13 of those straight in your head, mm-hmm. but then also when it, you're called in, it's like, hey, this person's called out, you're on, how do you access that particular track? Right. I think when we first started rehearsals last February, um, first of all, side note, I've never done this before in my life. <laughs> you mean swinging <laughs> like this? Yeah. Never. No, I've it, had to understudy before, certainly, but only over two parts. So um, this was overwhelming, to say the least. So oh, yeah. when we first started, um, we have a phenomenal swing here. Her name's Minami, and she's been my angel, and my I call her my swing sister. But she really helped me figure out how to um, develop that skill. Um, and how to to track all of these people. So she, um, first of all, I bought an iPad. Yeah. Apple, thank you. And I bought a pen. 
bought a MacBook Pro with a keyboard, and I was literally on that thing all day long. And I bought an app called Notability. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily for a stage or for artists like what we do, but it's just a great way to keep track of a lot of notes and information, and it files them really well. So I had to take one person at a time. It's the only way I could oh, do it. Y- yeah, um, yeah. Because, but my brain, of course, wanted to tackle all of it at once, which is just a cluster of you know what. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And I was, I had headaches. I was so tired those first couple of weeks of rehearsal. Um, but I just targeted one person at a time. And it honestly, over the course of rehearsal, people are sick or they have costume fittings or they have to go and get a shoe fitting. So you're filling in um, into the puzzle that's being created as you go along. So that helps you kind of learn how it works, how it flows, um, and where to be. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're not the people we call it, uh, we have a, a phrase, I'm sure you've heard it, but it's called shove with love. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, so yeah, if you're on stage and yeah. you're off your marker, then someone like, comes up and boop, just, whoops, just, just right over there. One step down stage. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Or you'll go to someone and be like, where do I go? <laughs> I don't know where to go. Cause you blank. Like you just oh. have moments where you just kind of like, ah, Oh, of course. Is, is there one particular role or maybe two or three that you do more often than others? Yes, but I'm not going to say which one. <laughs> no, no, no. Do not destroy the magic. You are you are all things. You're wonderful. Yes. Every time you're yeah. on stage, you're supposed to be there. Yeah. There's certainly been but. a few tracks I've done many, many, many times. Right. That right. I that feel so comfortable to me. That's like, you know, I could sleep and do it. It feels that comfortable. Yeah. And, and then there are tracks that do not. Right. Yeah. That even to this day, you're if like. If I got a call in five minutes, I'd be like, oh, okay. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'd have to review. I mean, I know it, and I've done. I'm, I know I've done them all before, but I'd have to. Yeah, because review. at this point, you've obviously rehearsed every one of them. Yeah. And what's that rehearsal process like now? Um, now that you're in the show. Yeah. So, once we open the show, we started our understudy rehearsals, and that happens on Thursdays and Fridays. And we we usually gather here between twelve thirty and one thirty, and we go until about four thirty. Mm. Every Thursday and Friday. Wow. What, mm-hmm. what, well, yeah, because it's a huge... And that's all the swings. And how many of, of there are you? There, or are understudies? F- there are four swings. So we have a dance captain and an assistant dance captain. And we so there's two male swings and two female swings. Okay. And then um, I actually also cover Eliza Doolittle. No oh. big deal. <laughs> I mean, it's a small part. You know, that's just one. So not only do I cover 12 women and have to go on for men, I also cover Eliza. And... Have you gone on for her? I have. And how was that? It was one of the the coolest experiences of my life. You know, you you would think that I would have been terrified, and I'm, there certainly was a little bit of that like that feeling leading up to going on. But especially once, the first time, yeah. But once I went on, I had a blast. I don't know. It was very calm, and I had so much fun. And the director was in the audience, so oh. <laughs> no big deal. Did, was it because there were understudies going on, or he just happened? Yeah, to no, be there he that he night? was around, and uh, he wanted to. I, I don't think he watched the whole thing, um, Bart. If you're listening, um, <laughs> no, but I think he definitely saw parts of it, and yeah, yeah. But th- that's nerve wracking to know a person course. who is the but, uh, but spearheaded I, I, this project was out there. Yeah, but I imagine that the preparation going into it, as you said, all the notes and everything, keeping all the tracks straight. That the preparation going into it, by the time you finally. We're on stage. It's like, okay, yeah, now, it's now like, here I am, yeah, and it takes over. Exactly. You're ready. You've put in all the hard work, so just enjoy it. Yeah. And don't overthink anything or let, let, it, let fear rob your joy.
So speaking of fear, what is it? I don't that, know what that is. <laughs> what is it that that holds you back? What? Why do you feel like you won't make it to that next level? I think there's always just that that underlying feeling that you're not good enough, you mm. know, or someone else can do it better, or you know what why do I have something special to bring to the table? I think those questions always come into play and there's just, they say, what do they say? Comparison is the thief of joy. Um, And it's so hard in this business. And I think, I, I think what I've had to learn as I've gotten older and matured in this business professionally is that um, it's okay to, to think you're special and it's okay to, to know and own the fact that you do have something to bring to the table and it's not arrogant. You know, you can still be gracious and beautiful and strong and, and believe that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I, I explain it in a way of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I think this. using ice cream is always <laughs> a great analogy for anything. Ice cream is really tasty. And I personally love almost every flavor of ice cream. So I am a flavor of ice cream. Let's say it's cookie dough, which is great. Which is my favorite. Right. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. Now, I might go into an audition room and they're looking for a fudge brownie. Well, I am not fudge brownie. I am cookie dough. Both yeah. so good. But, yeah. but they, they, need need fudge, fudge they need fudge brownie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or someone else explained it to you this way. You go into Nordstrom or Bloomingdale's or what have you, and you're looking for a dress for an event, and you have two dresses that are amazing, but only one is right for the event. But you love right. both dresses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just these little things that make us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, but, but but what you're saying is absolutely true in that we do have value. It may not be for that particular moment or for that particular show, but we do have value. We do have talent. We do have worth. And so, so just because we're not chosen for one thing doesn't mean we're not right for other things. In fact, I, I remember someone reminded me of the fact, it, it was a casting director, and he said that, just because you're not chosen for the show doesn't even doesn't even mean you're not right for that show. Mm-hmm. It just means for that production. Yep. It's like you know because I like I've auditioned for Fun Home and got it. I've auditioned for Fun Home again, didn't get it. Yep. Obviously, I know that I could do that show. Yeah. But for that particular production, uh, I didn't make it. Yep. And so and so for me, I think you 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 talked about comparison, and that is definitely one of those things for me that holds me back. And the fact that I look at someone like you and we, you know, we did Piazza together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know this, but I would be like backstage and just listen to you in, in the show. I loved <laughs> your voice. I loved the, the the sweetness, the innocence, the just the joy that you brought to, mm-hmm. to your singing mm-hmm. and, and to that role. And so it was, I, I, I remember feeling so much joy and happiness and, and you know, pride for for your role and and happy for you but at the same time then I think well gosh I I don't think that I sound that good I I think I need to work harder I think I need to so so it was again that comparison of I don't know if I'm that good you know comparing yourself to someone else and And yeah I mean I remember listening to Sally Wilford too every night oh oh my gosh this woman is perfect yeah Her, her voice is literal perfection yeah you know and I think about aspiring to to that kind of um perfection in my own instrument and think of the years and hours she spent on her on her voice but yeah, yeah same thing that's one of the hardest roles I've ever had to do vocally well it, so yeah hard. well it's definitely I think some of the hardest music I've ever had to learn in yeah. Italian nonetheless <laughs> I mean <laughs> <laughs> right everything's like half a step and you just gotta move around it. <laughs> 
only knew my inner monologue. Oh, I oh believe me, I'm I'm like, sure. Did I hit that that night? I don't know. No, 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 because I mean, you, you didn't have to do any of the Italian music, did you? Everything you no. did was in English. <laughs> yeah. So at least at least everything of yours. Yeah, as Signor Nacarelli, I had. Oh, it wasn't even the singing so much. Like once the singing took over, then it's. It, I don't speak Italian. It's just vowels. I just go you from don't the speak next Italian? vowel. I know I should. <laughs> I just go from one vowel to the next yeah. and string them together, and you remember it. Mm-hmm. But it was the spoken stuff that just did me in. And it was so fun. I, I don't know if you remember that that one time where I'm on stage and we're. It, it was like an argument, and Senor Nacarelli is like, "No, this marriage will not happen." And of course, it's all in Italian with the Italian <laughs> family. I'm saying something; they're saying, you know, we're yeah. arguing all in Italian. All over each other. And it's supposed to go on for I think it's like half a page, <laughs> three quarters of a page of dialogue. Well, about a quarter of the way into it I don't know what I'm saying I'm literally saying gibberish and I just skip to the last sentence which I do remember in Italian and walk off they're like what I guess we're so I, guess I do when, remember that and and, and as, as yeah and as soon as everyone came up they were all dying laughing to because like Clara what? responds what happened <laughs> right, right right genuinely so, so it was what happened because you're like I was supposed to be off stage for another minute but they're gone now yeah yeah. So, so yeah, so things like that, it's like, well, then maybe I shouldn't be, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, and that's, I think that's a, that's a trap that all of us performers can get into. I think whether we're, whether we're on stage or even if we're the director or designer, I think that we all have those moments of mm-hmm. doubting. Which falls into, you know, have I made it? Yeah. I think it all, you know, it's so closely married together. Because does the making it, does it push you or does it discourage you? Um, that's a really good question. You know, I had one of my coaches said to me, um, auditioning is the easy part. Hmm. It's when you book the gig, that's what's scary. Yeah. And I, I think there's so much truth in that because you go in and you nail one song and one side. You're like, I'm great. Well, you, you hope you did. You know? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you book the gig and it's yeah. like, wait, I, I have to put a whole story together. Right. I don't got to do the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. I think it's everything. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's certainly fear when you've made it because then you're like, oh gosh, what if they're disappointed and they're not actually right. what they thought they hired? Um, and then the question is, can I actually do this? Can I do it eight times a week? Can I actually sing this? Is my voice going to be okay? Um, you know, all those questions start flooding in, and it can it can paralyze you. Mm-hmm. You know, for sure. Um, because because then you start <clears throat> doubting every decision you made. It's like what what would be so natural. It's like oh well, I would do this on stage. Then you're like, uh, what? Yeah. Can, can I? Should I? Yeah. And and yep. then you hesitate. Yep. What's appropriate and. Mm-hmm. Um, but it certainly can push you, too, because you're like, okay, well, I got to do this, you know. So then there's that ammunition to just hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah. Because I, I remember I was on set for a commercial one time. I, again, the audition went well, call back, and then I booked it. And now we're on location in Cincinnati filming this. We're, we're, it's an outdoor shoot. And I'm, I'm, like, in front of the camera, and we're doing several takes of the same thing. And then I, you know, and then we would stop, and I would see them talking. And, of course, in my mind the whole time, Oh my gosh, they're sorry they they hired me. Yeah. They're, they're wishing they they gone with the other guy, yeah. and you know, and so we do it again and again, take after, and it just started to kind of wear on me. It's mm-hmm. like, 
oh my gosh, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it, I'm not delivering. I'm, and, then, and then I'm all in my head again. Mm-hmm. Does, does that happen to you? Do, do you find that that happens more to you on stage once you booked it or like in the room when you're auditioning? I mean, it's definitely been both. Um, I would say mostly it's happened like in the rehearsal room or it's happened on stage sometimes where I will let fear like take over a performance. Um, and when I was younger, I, it would maybe come in the whole show, whereas now I only let it creep in for five or ten minutes and then it's got to go away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I've learned how to keep it at bay and I still have more to learn and how to like not even ever let it come in. Um, but I think that's normal and natural for everybody. And um, it's like that fight or flight thing. It's not real. And it's right. all in your head. It is our own construct. Um, and there might be, what, 1% of the audience that feels that way, but who cares? They suck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Why are they there? Yeah. yeah. Get up. Tell them to get up there and do that. <laughs> um, so I've just really tried to hone, especially in this this production to just let that go and let mm-hmm. perfection go because what I've learned covering 13 people is it's not going to be perfect. I mean, and uh, make a choice. That, that does make sense. When, when you cover that many, yes, can't, you, you can't. You want to be the best you can be, and, and obviously they hired you to do that. You just don't want anyone to die. <laughs> right. No one gets hurt. No one gets hurt tonight, and I've accomplished <laughs> <Great>. my job. <laughs> We've done a good job. No one knew you were on stage. That's like the best compliment. Right. Right. Truly, because they they had no idea the show was any different. Yeah, yeah, because th- th- that now, is... Now, if they said in the, after I did Eliza, I think my feelings would be <laughs> But, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would not be good. It's like, were you on stage? I was Eliza. I was Eliza. Oh, oh wait, which one was she? Right? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah then, then, then maybe maybe you need to try harder. But, no, I mean, there is something to be said for as as a swing and as an understudy. Uh, I've I've understudied, but like you said, I've never done a swing track like this. Um, but your goal is to fit into the the mold of of the person who does it, and mm-hmm. it's like it's the same show. Yeah, and maintain the integrity of the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, with with regards to the ones that you that you haven't done, you said you said you've done almost all of them. Yeah. With, with regards to the ones you haven't done, are those the ones that you like focus on more? Because you, you like, okay, I know these tracks now. I'm just going to focus on these now. Yeah, the only reason I haven't done the other two tracks was because when they were on vacation, we had a vacation swing. Um, so then I could focus on um, other tracks should we have had other people out. Oh, okay. um, so, uh, and one of the tracks is an older woman, and, and um, she, play, she plays Mrs. Einsford Hill. And for me to go on as Mrs. Einsford Hill would be a little confusing. We'd have to figure out a different storyline there. It would right. definitely be an emergency situation. So they will, they will do whatever possible to like not let that happen because the story doesn't make sense ah. for me to play Mrs. Einsford Hill and have a 20- and 24-year-old right. children. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, would they no just like deal. you know age you up? Um, maybe I or? think they could try, Patrick. Yeah, but Certainly. you are what you are. I am what I am. Yeah. <laughs> right, because so. because I remember on the Adams Family tour, both of the uh, both of the understudies for Grandma were in their like mid twenties, but but yeah, but yeah, they just had to like hunch over and add yeah. some makeup and you know. Yeah, go we'll for see. It. I don't know. It'll be a fun show. It'll <laughs> definitely. I'm sure it will happen. Um, but yeah, and then the other reason I haven't done one of the other tracks um more of a dancer focused track is again there we had a vacation swing so i didn't have to do it but i've had to do her track in rehearsals and put in so technically i've done 12 out of 13 right right i mean (laughs) but yeah 
And, and and of those that you've done, what is what is the favorite moment or what's the favorite track that you like to do? Oh, there's so many fun things that happen in the show. Um, I love it when I get to play a flower girl because you're a part of Loverly and um, all the Cockney parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just fun storylines that have been created over the months with the flower girls and who the mom is and who the dad is and oh, right. who has a crush on who. Like, I'm it's sure so each of fun. you have your own backstories yeah, so and now fun. your interaction with each other. Um, get Me to the Church is always a blast. Like if you're in a bad mood, it oh, always gosh, puts yeah. you in a good mood. Um, I'm trying to think of some other fun parts of the show. Like there's just stupid little things like – the orchestra is on stage for the beginning of Act Two, and a couple of the instrumentalists will do this little like flourish, and then there's this choreography moment that happens on stage that we do that no one would ever know. But it's just those little things yeah. that you look forward to, and yeah. Because because so much of that, as you said, of no one knew you were on stage. That's the compliment. So much of that, yeah, is, knowing those little tiny things, right, and and creating your own story because right. it's it's. Sometimes it's not even for the audience. It's for your fellow actors on stage, and, mm-hmm. and you're just having fun being in that moment, and then you're off and you know, then on to the next scene. Mm-hmm. But the audience, they're over here looking at Eliza or, right. or Henry yeah. Higgins. And it, it's, like, it's like that beautiful background noise. Right. And that, those colors that you see that make, I think Bart's show so special, is all those side stories that he encourages all of us to have, you know? Yeah. Because um, he really cares about all of us, which is really special. I've loved working with him. And besides, obviously, this being Broadway, how would you say that this differs from other shows that you've done? You know, I think what's so different about Broadway versus, like, regional production or a production with a a certain termed timeline. Right. um, There's this, I don't know, there's... um, there's something about knowing a show is just ongoing with no end date. And then there's also something, a feeling about a show that has an end date. Hmm. Like you have a light at the end of the tunnel and then you don't necessarily. And I don't mean that as a negative, but there's this show that's going to keep going and growing. It's like, I call it like, I call our show a living organism. Any show on Broadway is a living organism. It's constantly adapting and changing to the humans that are on stage depending on what they've what they've done for the day how they're feeling that day right cast um, changes as yeah, people come in and new out. energy coming in so i think it's important like in a, and this is the first time i've been in a show this long so i'm learning too oh yeah um i'm coming up on a year i mean i've done i did the king and i tour but i was off stage i was a standby so mm. i wasn't a, a part of the living energy of it every day i know that right you just kind of injected and then you were and it was into the lead so and this is a whole other this is like such a tangent but anna can feel like it can feel very um like i felt very alone playing anna oh interesting um so i didn't i didn't feel like i was a part of that world when i would go on as anna yeah um Anyway, so but this to be able to do ensemble and to step into Eliza, I feel like I'm a part of the entire community, which is really special. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten to know everybody really intimately, so I think it's important in a show that's just continuing to grow and and live that you 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 are dedicated to bringing integrity every day and and a positive attitude and an energy to keep the show healthy. If that makes sense. Whereas Absolutely. sometimes when you're in a regional gig, you know that there's that light at the end of the tunnel. So you can sometimes, I don't, you just know there's an end date. So sometimes yeah. relationships don't grow any more than they could or 
you kind of have your limit, I guess. And that's well, never well, how I've wanted to look at a show. Because a show like that is like in a box. And yeah. so you fill it up, you fill the box as, as much, much as it, it needs. And, and, that's, and then you're and done. That, and that's all you fill it up with. Mm-hmm. And then once that once the box is done, yep. then it's empty and you move on. Yeah. But yeah, with an ongoing, you have to keep filling. filling you have it. to keep, keep like that energy going. It's like a calendar. Right, right, you exactly. Know? Or Yeah, I guess that's, I don't know if that makes sense, but... I have to say, though, I've loved my time doing regional theater. It's probably been some of the happiest times of my life. I, I, I love that you do something for three months and then you get to put it in, put it away, mm-hmm. then to go on to do something else. Um, just because I love to be challenged, I love to be creative, and I love to do different things all the time, yeah. which is probably why this job has been so great for me. Um, yeah, but because, I mean, as, as you say that, I'm thinking – like in the last year, you've been with My Fair Lady. You've done one show, but you've done thirteen versions right. of that show, yeah, and and various incarnations yep. within that. And then for me, like I've been <clears> doing the regional stuff. I in the last year, I've done three shows, you know, three completely different shows. Mm-hmm. And so that was its own energy and diversity mm-hmm. that that I got to mm-hmm. to have in my year. So yeah. so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a different type of of energy and a different type of focus yeah. that, that, that we put on depending on the run of a show. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but that, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, and I think, like, for certain projects like Light in the Piazza, I wish we could have I could, I wish we could have kept going, oh, you know? I, yeah, I could have kept doing yeah, that. Yeah, that was yeah. such a special show that I, mean, I feel like... learn the Italian better and keep going. Yeah. But I think we were all just figuring it out yeah. when we closed. Ab- absolutely. So that's always yeah. hard about a regional gig, too. There's just not... It doesn't feel like there's enough time. Yeah, because so many regional gigs now are two and a half weeks long total. You have a week of rehearsal. Total. Yeah, you have a week rehearsal, a week of run. Okay, bye. It's like you've just finished previews, or you've just started previews, and then you close. Well, you feel like you you basically just learned the lines got tech, and then you're you're out. Hey, audience, how you doing? (laughs) Yeah. So what is it that, that that keeps you going? What we, we we've kind of been talking about it with regards to um, to the variety and you know certainly of, of being understudy swing, but within the business in general, what is it that that keeps you going, that propels you, and uh, and keeps you here in this business as opposed to going off to something else? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I feel like I'm so I am so fortunate that I have an amazing job in New York City. Like that's the dream right there. Um, but I desperately want to originate a role. I think that it excites me mm. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that keeps me going. It also, uh, before I age out of things, I have so many dreams, so many Rogers and Hammerstein dreams. Right, right. Um, All those bucket list roles. Yeah. yeah. So I just, you know, I, I moved to New York a lot later than than people would think I won't tell you my age but um so I feel like I'm a certain age in the business and then I'm an age just like as Heather Botts yeah so I sometimes feel like I have a lot of catching up to do or I just feel like there's so much I still need to to mature in myself as an artist Mm. um so I don't think I'm ever going to feel like I'm there because I just want to constantly keep working at my instrument and my craft and and just being a better actor always so I think those are always driving me and I think it's important that I feel that those all 
harmonize together before I think something really special is going to happen. And special things have already happened. But I mean just like owning something that can be mine Mm -hmm. that I really feel like I am supposed to be here to do. I think I do believe that I'm supposed to tell a story and I don't know what it is yet. And I already have a cool story, you know. Um, because what is it being on stage being in a role singing a song what is it that 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 does for you that that fulfills that that mm -hmm. need within you what what does that do for you I don't know the only way I know how to explain it is it's like it's it feels very spiritual on stage for me it's Mm. like um it it just feels like everything is in alignment and right and perfect in the world um, when I'm on stage and it feels just warm and I'm comfortable and nothing else exists in a way. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense to even anyone listening. Um, <laughs> no, I, th- I think we've um, all had those moments where, where we're like, you know, th- they call it being in the zone, you know. And I mm-hmm. think for, for those of us, especially in theater, we have those moments where it's like, this show is on or tonight like something magical happened mm-hmm. like like all the other shows were good but something it's like electric. A, a spark yeah, yeah yeah it really is and so i think that, that we all have those moments that i i guess it's as close we talked about perfection earlier it's as close as we get to that perfection yeah. and and then, then we kind of come back to reality and all the other shows are yeah. good and fine but that we have those kind of spikes that, yeah. that hit another level yeah and it's when you you don't let your brain tell you any anything otherwise Mm. it's you you're just living that's so Um, true so yeah i i just there's so much more i want to accomplish here so i think that keeps me going um but it can be hard too when you're in a really great job and comfortable you know right um and it's scary to leave something i mean i honestly it's been almost a year and i feel like i finally know my job it's taken that wow. long to learn my job. Well, I, c- I can only imagine 13 yeah. tracks. I, I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, because the most that I ever had to learn within within one show, I think, was was three. You know, the one that I did mm-hmm. and then the two I understudied. Mm-hmm. So three is the most for me. Mm-hmm. But 13. It's a lot. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that, I mean, one of those I got to do, you know, day in, day out. So, I, of course, I knew that one the best. But with you, it's, it's, a, it's different every day. Yeah. You, I can do a track and then not do it for six weeks. Yeah. So it's kind of like doing it all over again. Or like <laughs> even when I was Eliza, I could do it <clears throat> a one month and then not do it for two more months. So it's – and then the show has like kind of morphed a little bit the next time you get in it. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. And that, and that comes down to <clears throat> originating a role like you said because when you go into Eliza – Yes, you can be Heather to a certain extent, but you still need to be – I stay in a footprint, yeah. Right. You need to yep. be within that footprint, yep. as you said. Yep. And, and Bart's amazing about that. He he wants it to be yours, but to stay in the same in the same box, mm-hmm. you know, which is pretty cool. Because um, I've understudied before, where it's like, no, you step here, you turn on that word, you do this. Like I've done that before too. Yeah. <clears throat> you started to kind of touch on it, <clears throat> and even though My Fair Lady is in your immediate future, what do you see as next for you, or what do you hope to be, or what 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 do you see down the road mm-hmm. in the next few years? Um, well, I really, 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 really want to be on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm throwing it out there and telling anyone who will listen. I just binged watched <laughs> it for, for the first time. I'm it was like It was like three weeks ago, I think I started. And it was like, okay, okay, I've heard all about it. Let's watch an episode. And then five episodes 
later I'm like, okay, this is Yeah, good. it's amazing. I've yeah. decided that she needs a Shiksa friend. <laughs> so let's make it I happen. actually have a friend of mine that I did UCB classes with that knows her. So sure. one degree let's, of separation. Let's just Great. throw it out there. I'm right. throwing it out. No, I would love to, seriousness and all, I, w- I really <laughs> would love to uh, explore television. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Um, I don't know. I think maybe put a concert or cabaret together would be pretty awesome. Well, you, you know I'd be in the front row because I love your voice. Great, so I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm already on board with that. Um, well, you know, we both just got married this year. So right. this year has been an amazing year professionally, um, but it's also been one of the hardest and most stressful years of my life. And then I got married and planned a wedding. And Because did you find that being <clears> in a wedding and planning for that, it's its, its own production? It was production. a full-time job. And it's it's like producing a a production. Yes. Full on. Yes. It was very stressful. So now I feel like 2019 is really about like, let's get some more career goals like launched. Yeah. Yeah. Because the last year was kind of more personal goals and and, and reaching wonderful new steps with with another person now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to do a new project out of town that maybe comes in. Um, I'd love to do anything exciting. It, yeah, it's about being excited. It's about what what spurs us on <clears> that spark. That oh yes, this makes me excited. I now want to want to do this because mm-hmm. I've I've certainly been in those shows and even sometimes in the audition room. I know it's like if I do this, I, it'd be fine. But this isn't yeah. going to be like the yeah. end all be all. I, I, I you know totally. I, I need I need a resume credit or I I need work. You know we all got to work. Insurance but right? Insurance I mean, and weeks. I think yeah. That that gets hard. I you know I've my agents have submitted me for a few things that I haven't been very excited about over the last year and mm. and that gets frustrating it's like why and not about them about me and why why am I not excited about this project so kind of figuring out what your your new bottom line is because I mm-hmm. think I think it's always changing if that makes sense your your, your no what's your what what's the thing that you you can't do anymore that right. maybe you've done in the past right um, so I think reassessing that every year. What's your new? I call it my new no. Um, and right now, it's I don't really want to leave town if I don't have to. You know, I've done the tour thing, but but for the right thing and the right role, yeah, I would totally leave town. But that's kind of what <clears> we do. It's like we imagine and, and we kind of go off in all directions as far as as far as what we what we hope we can do yeah. and the. It's like the the bucket list, the dreams. Yeah, that, but basically, that we have. what 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 excites you? And I think that's something. The integrity behind the decisions I make now. It's like what's next, and I think it's important to make the right decisions of what's next and what mm. I say yes and what I say no to. Yeah. So, getting to kind of taking a step back to the audition process for you, what what is it that you that you think of that you focus on? What is it that that gets you through auditions? Because these next few months are kind of the audition yeah. peak season where, where a lot of people yeah, are auditioning, it. right? You know, a lot of regional theaters are coming to New York and that when kind of thing. When you have like three or four auditions in a week and you have 80 pages of material. Right, Woo! right. Yeah, yeah. And they're just giving you, you sides wanna, and like, appointments. You just want to like crawl in the fetal position. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what what is it that, that you do or that how do you keep focused during uh, those audition times? Oh, gosh. Um, I think everyone has a different process on how they learn a packet. But my biggest hurdle and something that I, like, what will, will procrastinate is, like, learning and memorizing everything. But that's, mm-hmm. like, the first thing I have to do before I feel like I can be 
an artist inside the material. Like I'm not one of those people who can hold my pages. I don't do that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, if I hold them, I don't ever look at them. It's just to remind the table that this is an audition and not a performance. <laughs> right. But I, I have to be off book for an audition. I have to. And that is so much pressure on myself to learn things very quickly. Yeah. But I will say with this job, I've learned a skill set where I have to learn things instantly. Um, especially when I go on for a track I've never gone on for before. and Or like I'll split track and I'll have to do one person, do the next person, and then I have to add this other thing and do two people in one Oof, scene. Yeah. You know, so it's fascinating what our brains can do. Mm-hmm. And then what we forget too sometimes. <laughs> Certainly been a stool that's been left on stage because of me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes, I don't know how you feel about this, but if you have three auditions in a week, you know, usually just want to follow and see, like, what's the first one? Which one do you need to do first? Right. So let's get through that one and then the next one. But sometimes they're in the same day. <laughs> so for me, I have to decide what's more important to me. Which which gig is, like, what I want to give my left arm for. Yeah. So I usually will prioritize what's the most important project to me and then try and just, like, live, breathe, eat that project and then the other two, I will do my best to learn and go in and, you know, just be like, well, Hail Mary, here we go. <laughs> Truly. Right. Yeah. And sometimes those are the best, most amazing auditions. I think we have to prioritize because I remember when I first moved to the city, I was just like auditioning for everything. I was yeah. just like throwing myself out there and doing anything and everything that I could. And I, there's no way that I could give 100% and be fully present in all of them. But now, as you said, you have to learn your no, learn what you know what, I'm not going to do that, but this is what I'm going to do. And I think when you can start to say no and weed out the stuff that will just distract you from, as you said, that mm-hmm. that one role, mm-hmm. that one show that you really want to do. And it's hard to say no. And it's, you know, people pleasers, we want to say yes and just be like the it person, the yes man always. Um, <clears throat> but I think sometimes, too, you have to just communicate with your agent better and be like, I can't can't do all of this or yeah. I, I need to re- can we move this uh, this audition just one more day mm-hmm. so I think it's just reminding yourself and everyone like I'm, I'm only human there's only so much I can do you know and because you want to deliver your agents want you to deliver the casting director wants you to deliver so yeah. how can you be successful yeah. in a room and and so much of theater is is us giving ourselves we we really open up ourselves mm-hmm. in, in an audition room or a performance I mean we're still giving a part of ourselves and so we have to have all of ourselves there. I mean, how many times have you gone in and bombed an audition? Oh, oh my goodness. Too many. Yes. <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I was speaking for myself, too. Okay. I, I had mean, one. Uh, I can't remember what show it was for. But casting director goes, you know, you can use your pages. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. Like, no, I know this. <laughs> no, I was just in for an audition. Again, it was one of those where I had done the show before. So I went in for the same role. I'm like, great. So I, you know, I looked it over. And so I went in. One of the few times I did not carry the, the sides with me. I'm just going to be with the reader and just do that. There was one moment in, in, in the first time I did it where I took, had like two or three seconds. It's like, oh, right. And then, then I, I was back into it and finished the scene. Then the director gave me some notes. Like, hey, well, try it like this. Try it like this. And I went, oh, okay. And that moment where I'm trying different things, did not go well. <laughs> like the lines gone. Yeah. I had to ask the reader for the line. <laughs> <laughs> That's my line. No, no, I 
I mean, there was there was no hiding. It was like, what's the next line? Line. Thank you. Great. Okay. Perfect. Thanks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I physically, physically felt the director check out yep. at that moment. Did you I was, book that job? Oh no. <laughs> no. Thank you for at least asking. You know, on, on that one percent chance that I did. But no, I could I could yeah. feel the director just checking yeah. out. So. Yep. No, we've all been there. Well, I'm sure you will be wonderful. And then whatever track you go on for next, do, yeah. do you have any idea? Or is it just day-to-day? You never know. Day-to-day at this point. Yeah, because you know. never know, like, hey, next week we're going to need you to do this. Don't know, yep. Yeah. On call. Love it. Yep. Love it. Well, then I will let you get back to being on call. <laughs> <laughs> Stay by your phone. So important. Right? Stay by your phone. Wait for the wait for the next one. But thank you so much for being oh, on the you're podcast. Welcome. So fun. As it turns out, shortly after our interview ended, she actually did get a call on her phone and she went on that night to perform in the show. And in fact, this was the 13th track. She finally had completed all 13 of her tracks by going on that night. Well, as always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WinMePodcast. There you'll catch up on all the latest happening with the podcast and the website, winmepodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on these podcasts, please do share with anyone who you think could benefit from the podcast. As always, thank you for joining me. And until next time, keep making it, and I'll see you then. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.